Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Hey, join me in standing, if you will. We're going to read from John 11 in just a moment. Um, Before that, I just want to set the table for the next couple of weeks. Um, In two weeks, we will have our our conclusion to this series and and just a a there is more where we we put a, a faith promise in front of our church body just to ask the Lord and and to just say Lord in addition to the tithes and the offerings what would you have me give and we we separate there is more into three three separate areas one is our local outreach ocean local one is the the missions arm global missions so ocean global and then ocean expansion and this is something that God's opening great doors for us to to step in and and I love this I love the the perspective that we get to hand the baton to the next generation and to take ground that is going to be the floor for them to go from and run from and so that that's burning in my heart and so two weeks from now we will talk about that in detail and I'm excited to do so and I've gone this whole time, what, like 30 seconds? And I haven't even welcomed Cape Coral, who is with us live. Cape, I'm so sorry. Everybody give Cape a big cheer. We love you. We're gonna have a good time together today. John chapter 11 is what we are beginning from. John chapter 11, verse one says, "'Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, "'the town of Mary and her sister Martha.'" It was that Mary, we've been talking about that Mary, haven't we? That Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, they sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We open our hearts. God, thank you for the way that you're moving. God, I pray that that we would be so sensitive to what you're saying. Holy Spirit, do heart surgery on us today. Go to the core of who we are And God, I pray that we would respond with courage to what you're saying to us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. I I don't want to do much recap. I really want to get to the word that the Lord's put in my heart for today. Uh, But we've been in this series talking about really the, the, uh, the difference in the perspective of Jesus and the perspective of culture man's ideas and man's way of doing life, Jesus, his way, his perspective. And we've talked about how busyness in this hurried place that our culture pushes us in is so destructive to our soul. And it's destructive to our soul because it moves us from a place of being able to hear God's voice 
to be able to see what he's doing, what he wants to do in our lives. Uh, this is interesting. In 1967, a report was put before the U.S. Congress that due to the speed of technology, the growth of robotics, and where satellites were going, that this would produce a crisis for the American people. But this is the crisis. Americans would be faced with having too much time. This was put before Congress. They concluded by 1985, people might have to choose between working 22 hours a week, 27 weeks a year, or simply retiring at 38. We're, we're waiting, aren't we? Isn't it interesting that every time that technology is put in front of us, this is going to help us in this great way. It's going to help us capture time back, but, but is, is time captured back? No, the, what, because what we're dealing with is an internal soul issue. That our souls are so sped up and distracted and, and filled with so many different voices that we move from thing to thing to thing. And Jesus is the most unhurried place or unhurried person in history. He moved at a different pace than everyone else. And I want us to, to look at this, opening our hearts where God can speak to us. I put this in front of you every week. Dallas Willard said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And as followers of Jesus, we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. We do this because it deadens our senses from what God is saying and what he's doing, how he wants to move in our lives. Will you ask yourself this question, what, what is best enjoyed in life if done slow? I, I like to ask people, uh, hey, what, what are some of your favorite meals that you've had? And usually their, their answers will have three elements. One, great company. You got to have the right people. When you eat a great meal, it, it matters that, that who you're with and people that are life-giving. And, and, and that, that, can, that can, can really make a meal memorable and a deep, you know, experience that, that just stays with you. Um, Y'all are foodies. I'm a foodie. It matters if it's good food. I have not had one response that said like, oh, this time at Taco Bell, it was, <laughs> it was legendary. Now it may have been, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> and then the, the final piece that, that is so interesting is that none of these meals are hurried meals. They're meals that are paced. One of my favorite meals that Anna and I have ever had was in Stockholm. In, in 2006, we got to go back. I got to take Anna and show her where I went to school and where I lived and all these things. And then we, we went with some friends to Stockholm, right on the water, had this incredible meal. And it was one of those restaurants that has a little grill in the center of your table. But, but they started and the first course was like some of the best sushi I, I've ever had. And we just took our time and, and talked and enjoyed and just, just went, it was just free-flowing conversation and the food was incredible. And, and, and then we got to where they brought out these, these different plates of meat and, and, and then we could grill it. And it was amazing. Vegans, if you only knew how amazing. 
I don't know if this is tomorrow. I'm making everybody hungry. Everyone's going to be like, hurry up, Josh. And then, and then an, another experience, I was a groomsman at a friend's wedding in Switzerland, a guy that I went to college with. And, and it was at the foot of the Alps. And listen, the wedding started at 9 a.m. And it was done by like 9.30, 9.45 and then we drove to the reception. It was this outdoor uh, area at the foot of the Swiss Alps, just everywhere you look. I mean, we're talking sound of music in real life. And, and I thought at first, like, hey, we're going to have a, a lunch reception. Okay, whatever. We didn't stop until like 11 o'clock at night. And it was course after course. And I never got stuffed. It was amazing. Great food, but just this slow pace, enjoying and celebrating, being present and getting to really see and appreciate what was happening. So there, there are things in life that, that shouldn't just be rushed through. Like a kiss. A kiss should not just be rushed through. Anna made me put that in my notes. <laughs> so I was obedient, fine. And I like slow kisses, whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there, there's these places that, that are accessible in, in, in bringing a depth and a wholeness to our soul that we cannot get to if we are in a hurry. And we are rushing and we're going. And it, it is the most deadly when it comes to our spiritual life. And I, and I don't use that word lightly. It is deadly. But look, look at how Jesus responds in the midst of pain. Because pain is one of those, those fulcrum points for us. That, that we, we get into pain and we don't like pain. And so we want to do whatever we can to get past this pain. Have you ever stopped yourself and, and asked this question, why did God create our bodies to be able to feel pain? We love superhero movies where, where they are impervious to pain. They don't have pain. They just bust through and run through everything. And yet when we think about it, uh, unresolved pain is one of the main tools that the enemy uses to divide us from the goodness and the, the sight of what it is to know that God is good and he's faithful. We, we don't like sitting in our pain, and yet God has created us to be able to feel pain so that we ask the question, Lord, what is this saying to me, and what do you want to say about my pain? So like, this is a different, this is a different Sunday. This is a little like a heart surgery stuff. So you don't have to say amen. I'm not pushing for amens. I'm pushing that, that you would open your heart and you would allow Jesus to sit with you in some of your pain. We don't like taking L's. We don't like a loss. We don't like going through things where, where it, it, we're stuck in pain and there, there's nothing to do but just kind of figure out what I do now. Many of you are, are on the backside of the hurricane going like, I don't like that. It disrupted everything and it hurts and it's, it's no fun. You get on the other side of a relationship or you're, you're in the midst of, of this painful season of a relationship. What do we do? We just want to get past it. We lose a loved one and, and what do we do? We, just, we, do, we don't stop and grieve and allow the Lord to speak to our pain. We push it down. I just got to work. I just got to keep going. We push past it. 
and unresolved pain will divide you from the goodness of God. God wants to speak about it today. Look how Jesus responded, John 11, verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This is a statement, not a question. Jesus loves you. It's a statement, not a question. It is not up for debate. Verse 6, so when he heard he was sick, he flew because he was Jesus to his side. He rushed because he was Jesus to his side. When he heard that there was a crisis and there was pain, he rushed to the side of Lazarus. Is that what he did? No, you can see it. He, he stayed where he was for two more days. Can we please just read the Bible like it's real and it's true and, and really ask ourselves, why would he do that in the middle of their pain? Why would, he, why would he, in the middle of them feeling this pain, why would he just say, yeah, it's not unto death. We're just going to stay here for a couple of days. And if we're honest, this is the question that so many of us carry in our hearts. God, God, why are you staying wherever I think you are instead of in the middle of this and addressing and changing this so I don't feel pain? Proverbs tells us that we're not to be afraid in sudden terror. It's something that all of us are going to face, every single one of us. You cannot go through life without experiencing pain. You cannot go through life without the sudden moments that are unpredictable and painful coming upon us. But it finishes this way, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Philip Yancey is a, is a wonderful author. The first book I read of his was called Disappointment with God. It's a very healing book. And then there's another book that he wrote is Where is God When It Hurts? And, and in that book, he, he gets into this study that, that, that I want you to be able to see the, the parallel between leprosy and this soul sickness that we experience today by being in such a hurry and being stuck in this hurried place. And, and he, he did, he, he references this study that a doctor named Dr. Strand in the 1970s. Now think about how long leprosy's been, been around. And it wasn't until the 1970s that they discovered that leprosy is not a flesh-eating bacteria. It's not a disease that, that eats uh, flesh. And so because lepers were known for having appendages fall off. Losing fingers, losing toes, having feet that, that, that had to be amputated, like all of these things. And so they always equated it that, that leprosy was doing this. But that's not what leprosy does. It wasn't discovered until the 70s that leprosy is a disease that eats away at the nerves where you can no, you can no longer feel when you injure yourself. And so what would happen is lepers would, would, would in, in having that, they would lose feeling in their appendages and they would injure themselves unknowingly. And then in that place, infection and bacteria would set in and they, they wouldn't feel any of it. it. Wasn't until the 70s that this was discovered the sad thing is, it, it, you think about it, it isn't just the, the loss of sensation of pain, 
but it's the loss of sensation and pleasure. And the suicide rate in, in leper colonies was so high because no one could, could deal and, and be in that place of being unable to uh, feel pain, but also unable to feel pleasure. And I think about the, the place where mental health is in our nation today. Where, where anxiety is at an all-time high. It is rampant. And, and if that's something you, you say, Pastor Josh, that's something I, I've dealt with. I want you to hear that's something I've dealt with too. It, it is such a common thing. And let, yet you can feel like a leper in the middle of it because you can ask what's wrong with me. Why do I feel this way? Why am I so anxious? These are the places that the Holy Spirit wants to do heart surgery on. This is where he wants to go. He created your bodies to be able to ask this question, God, why am I feeling this pain? Because his love is found in that pain. You say, Josh, how is his love found in that pain? He gives us this ability so we don't hurt ourselves further. That we do not continue in the same pattern that we're in. How many of us don't listen to our bodies. The other day I was uh, with some friends and we had the kids and, and Ivy and Brooks are playing baseball. And so we went to the batting cages and uh, I haven't admitted this publicly, so I'm going to admit it now. Um, I got in the batting cage and they turned, turned it up to like, um, it was, it was 45 miles an hour, but it was a fast 45 miles an hour. <laughs> it was some heat. And I, I wanted my friends to see that I could hit a baseball good. And so I'm in there and it was like the third swing. I, I, I'm stepping into it and I felt something pop in my shoulder. But I had 12 more swings to go. So what, what did I do? Did I listen to my body like a, a good pastor that should be able to preach this message from a better place? I did not. I crushed that 45 mile an hour heat. <laughs> <laughs> we don't listen to our bodies. We don't listen and ask the question, what is this pain trying to tell me? What would change if we do? Think about the, these places. We walk through loss and we walk through these times. We, we bury loved ones. We walk through difficult seasons and we just push it down. And I'm telling you that unresolved pain that is not brought to the feet of Jesus will be used by the enemy to divide you from the feet of Jesus. Will we allow the Lord to go to those places? It's so important that we can stop and we can be slow. Look at the difference in perspective from Mary and Martha. And this is one of those, John 11 is this back and forth of God's perspective, man's perspective, God's perspective, man's perspective. And they're faithful questions. So as you go about the week, I want you to stay in this. Now let the Lord speak to you from John 11 and watch how Martha just tries to continue in dialogue with the Lord and look what Mary does. As we, we follow it along, verse 21, it's Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know God will give you whatever you ask. And, you, and if you follow along, Martha just keeps going back and forth with Jesus. And Jesus is going, 
Martha, here's my perspective. And she's like, yeah, but here's my perspective. Martha, here, here's my perspective. Yeah, but if you could only see my perspective, maybe we could fix this. Uh, the, I, I need you to do this so that, so that I can believe that you, you are who you say you are. Look what Mary does. Same question. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. Same question, entirely different perspective. That's the last thing that we see Mary saying. She's at his feet saying, here, here, this is real. I, I, if you had been here, it wouldn't have happened. I, I, I know that. I believe in you, but I'm going to sit at your feet. I'm going to stop and I want to see and I want to hear and I want to feel what you have to say about this pain. I'm not going to tell you what it has to be. I'm going to sit at your feet. This place of being slow is a gift. There's three things I see from John 11 that I just want to put in your hearts. I want you to grab onto. Slowness is the gift of being able to see. God wants to show you. He wants you to see how he loves you. You know, how many of us have, have uh, these stories? Anna and I both have the, this story of uh, being in, in other relationships and, and going through hard breakups. And, and then, you know, you go through that time and you're like, oh, I just... I don't know if I'm ever, if, if it's ever going to happen for me, if it's ever going to work for me. And then I met Anna and I, I said, I didn't know it could be like this. And we, we like to church it up. We like to say things like, you know, you got to let go of the good for the great that God has for you. But, but it's really about sitting in and being willing to sit in the pain. Being able to sit with Jesus in the character-forming moments of our life. He, he wants you to see how much he loves you. He wants you to see that, that the pain that you feel is not there because he has bad for you. It's because he has good for you. These places... We want to push through like, Lord, I can't deal with the, 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 the loss of this loved one. I can't, I can't even think about it. Lord, I don't know what to do with it. And he simply wants us to say, God, I bring it to you. I don't know what to do with this, Lord. I, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to deal it. But will you come and sit at his feet? Because he wants you to see how he loves you. This is what he says. Verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? So he's going back and forth with Martha. He's trying to give Martha his perspective. And Martha just keeps arguing, keeps going back and forth saying, yeah, but she can't see. This is that, that hurried place. It keeps us from being able to see. You know, one of the things that, that Dr. Strand tried to do, he, he did a, an extensive study in a leper colony in India. One of the things that he tried to do, he tried to, to create uh, technology with gloves that would alert 
the, the, these individuals when they would injure themselves. And so one of the last places that, that lepers would lose or people with leprosy would lose uh, feeling is the back of their neck. And so he would put an electric sensor, kind of a, a, a low shock when they would injure themselves. But what they found again and again and again is that they would remove it. That they did not want to feel pain. Even knowing this is here for your benefit, they still would try to avoid it. Can you see how we do that? Can you see how we, we get in these places and we just want to move past it? I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to address it. And God's Holy Spirit says, I'm asking you, I want you to see. You're not going to see how much I love you until you're willing to sit with me and let me speak to you about it. Number two is this place of hearing. You know, there, there, there's something that, that has to, to transform for you and I. In, in being here on Sundays, you come, and, and it, this isn't just to be a time that you learn about God or you hear about God. This, this is to launch you into a place where he gets to tell you about himself. Amen. And he gets to tell you about yourself. Because it all changes. I can tell you all about Anna D. Hall and you can learn about Anna D. Hall, but life changes when you meet Anna. Like this morning, she sent me a great text and it, it cracks me up because Anna loves like bad 90s worship music. She just loves it. So she sent me a, a, a text with a, a song from the 90s where I was like, baby, come on, like, this is going to bring us all down. And she's like, no, it's the way to the throne room, Josh. So I can tell you that and you learn a little bit about her, but, it, but everything changes when you sit with Anna. Everything changes when there, there is this place of relationship. That, that's what the purpose of everything we do is to launch you into that place, to give you vision into that place of sitting with Jesus. And hear me clearly, you cannot take this hurried soul and just tell him, hey, this is to go at my pace. He's not moving. So the question becomes, will I move? The last thing that I want us to see is that we slow down. This gift of slowness allows us to feel. It's this beautiful truth. In verse 33, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, talking about Mary, and the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. I, I love the, the, the descriptive nature of, of this verse because like we, we get to see this picture of the emotion of Jesus. That in the midst of pain, in the midst of watching people that he loves in this place of pain, he's not passive. He, he doesn't say, hey, stop. Listen, stop grieving, stop crying. I'm gonna fix it all in a second. Would you just stop? Why, why is he doing that? Because he knows that you and I and our souls need to sit in this. And not only does he see that we need it, he steps into it with us. The shortest verse in the Bible is 
right after this. It says, he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked him. They said, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, New, New King James says, Jesus wept. Two words, Jesus wept. He didn't rush through it. He didn't hurry to transform everything. He allowed himself to step into this place fully identifying and knowing what it is to feel this pain. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. How couldn't he kept Lazarus from dying? Man, if, if there's a way and a question that, that encapsulates our wrestle with going through pain and knowing the goodness of God, it's that one. Like, I know you're good. Why? I know you're faithful. Why? And it's found by sitting at his feet. Verse 38 says, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across, across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protest, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. This is really important. This, this place, the, the fourth day is where decomposition starts in a human body. This is where it gets to the point where it's ugly. And it's so vital that we grasp this because how many times will a lie come up in our hearts that, that, that my mess is, is just too ugly? It's too bad. Like, I, I gotta sit in this a minute. I got, I got 40 seconds, but I'm ignoring that. We're just gonna be slow. Like, I, I love to tell you about, you know, the, the incredible fun that, that Anna and I have with, with the quadruplets. I, I love to tell you about that. It's, it's wonderful. It's incredible. You know, the, the quads are such an incredible gift of God to me because what they did is they, they put a governor into my life that I can't go home and just keep work with me. I, it forces me to slow down. I, I'm forced to, to, to be present. I'm forced to, to disconnect and to, to be fully present at home. And that's hard. And, and the circumstances of our life, the pain of our life, we get in those places where we feel out of control. And, and I remember when, when the quads were very young and there was this moment where, I say a moment, there were lots of these moments where like all four were screaming. And like, I felt bad. I felt bad, bad. Like the world suddenly was claustrophobic and it was overwhelming and, and there was this anxiety. And, and what I didn't realize, I didn't know what it was, but, but for a long period of time, I, I didn't know what that was, but, it, but it, what was happening is that I was trying to push through, I was trying to control and I was getting into the pain of an uncontrollable situation. And I didn't want to talk to the Lord about it. I didn't want to talk to Anna about it. I was just going to deal with it. I can figure this out. We'll make it happen. It's going to be fine. And I started having panic attacks. I, I didn't know what they were. I'd get through it and get, get you know, past it and just be like, man, that was bad. 
It's a bad day. Well, just got to keep going. Eventually, it's just got to get better. And our souls are crying out for us to, to stop and be still enough with the Lord. And we wonder, why do so many suffer with anxiety? Because we're not willing to sit. We've been negotiated away with where we cannot sit and be still at his feet. And I want you to hear this. If you're walking through and you say, Josh, that's me. I've struggled with panic attacks. I've struggled with anxiety. I struggle with depression. I want you to hear very clearly that this is not a fake promise. Jesus will sit with you and he will heal you. He will restore your soul. Hey, y'all, I'm not, I'm not saying that from just like, hey, I've read about this. I've lived it. I am living it. That's a more accurate way to say it. I am living it. What it is to, to be slowed down to walk with him and to feel the rest that my soul is crying out for and yet didn't know because I couldn't feel and I kept going and I kept going. Will you bow your heads with me? Cape, I want you to do the same. This is, this is a moment, I know it's different. But I just wanna put it in front of you. What, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Some of you have, have lost loved ones and you haven't stopped to, to allow yourself to grieve. And the Holy Spirit is, is coming to you today saying, will you stop? I wanna meet you in that pain. I wanna, I wanna talk to you. I, wanna, I want you to see me and I want you to feel my comfort and my healing in that pain. Some of you need to listen to your bodies. Some of you have, have symptoms in your body that, that, are, that are there simply because you have not addressed what it is to rush through life. And God created your body as a governor to try to tell you it's time to slow down. And yet you're, you're trying a, a cocktail of aspirin and caffeine and everything else that you can try to push through with. And the Holy Spirit's coming to you today and he's saying, hey, uh, I'm inviting you to sit with me. Some of you know that there are losses that you, you've had, whether it be in relationship or job, housing situation, whatever that would be. And, and you're, you, you've tried to just push through it. You try to, to keep moving. And the Holy Spirit's asking you, will you allow yourself to stop? Will you stop and will you allow me to speak so you can see, you can hear, and you can feel the love that I have for you? Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, I just pray courage over every heart. Lord, thank you that today, condemnation, shame, fear is released, is let go. 
And Lord, we receive. Lord, we make room for you. We let go of shame. We let go of condemnation. And we tell fear, you must go. That our good shepherd who feeds us, who leads us, is here. And our good shepherd wants to fill our life with his peace and his joy. And so we let go of everything else. Lord, I pray that we would respond with courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.